0: Hello friends, I'm Renee, and I'm Anna, and you're listening to Banger Happy Hour. Today is a glorious day because Anna has returned to us.
1: I'm back, baby.
0: It's so wonderful.
1: Anna, I miss you. I miss you too. And I miss doing this. I don't even know if I know how to do this anymore.
0: To form words and put them out of your mouth into a Yeah, microphone. in
1: English. Remember that I oh, just spent wow. more than a month in Brazil speaking Portuguese. I came back to England and I was like, "What? what is this language? I need to relearn you. But, you know, what I wanted to say is you forgot something when you introduced yourself. You forgot to say I'm Renee Williams, Hugo Award nominee. Let's celebrate. What's that that noise? This is me celebrating. Oh
0: Oh my God. We're going to talk about it. We're just going to put a pin in it for now. On this episode, we are going to catch up with each other. We're going to talk about some awards that recently came out and also some shortlists. We're going to talk about media we have consumed in the past two months, which is a lot for me, not so much Anna, I guess. You were busy doing other things. First, we're going to go into one of our new segments as part of our new podcast format and talk about stuff we've been doing in our personal projects. And then there's going to be a quiz where I quiz you. Are you excited? I'm not sure if excited is the
1: right word. Maybe worried. I'm and... so excited. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs>
0: this is going to be amazing. So uh, let's get to it. Let's. So in the past few months, we have continued doing work on our personal projects, even though we haven't been podcasting that much so it's time for Fangirl Adventures, where we talk about stuff we've done elsewhere on the internet. Anna, what have you been up to? What have you accomplished in your professional life? I As you know, I,
1: I took a small break from the book smugglers blog, so I haven't... I didn't do a lot there. But with smugglers Publishing, uh, on the other hand, we've been really busy. And I've been working nonstop on our new project, which is a quarterly almanac that we will have. It's going to be amazing. And we have an, a really cool lineup. And we are hard at work proofreading that right now. And then we had the end of our novella call. And now I'm reading for that as well. We, get, we have so many submissions, like over 300 novellas to read. We've got the superhero season on of short stories. The first story, The Indigo Mantis by E. Catherine Tobler, was published. And that's um, the one There is the superhero bug noir, because the main character is an actual mantis. And then our new story is coming out next week, I guess, when we publish this podcast on the 14th. It's uh, Kid Dark Against the Machine by Tenzi Randall Roberts. You probably already know who she is from Galactic Suburbia. She also writes amazing short stories and this one. Maybe one of my favorite short stories. Please don't tell my other short stories.
0: That's a lot of stuff.
1: And of course, we'll see you You know, editing the other short stories in the superhero season as well, and the other novels that are coming out this year. So,
0: on my end, Lady Business is chugging along. I guess I can talk about it now. The Hugo finalists came out. The puppies, specifically the rabbit puppies, took over everything because they just lived to ruin everybody's day. It was gross. Everybody was very unhappy course except you know for them there were a few bright spots on the ballot of course and then black gate one of the fantasy nom- nominees dropped out and naomi critzer's cat pictures please took the empty spot in short story and then lady business kind of email going hey you're next in line for the hugos there was a really serious debate in the back end of us whether we wanted to accept and it was not all it was not clear-cut <laughs> It was really a hard decision for us to make.
1: I'm kind of like glad that it didn't happen to us, really.
0: Because, I mean, what are you like? Yay, we were nominated. And we were obviously nominated through actual legitimate votes because we weren't slated. But she's like, what do you do? This is like the worst year. So whatever. We decided to go for it because we're there.
1: I am delighted, as you know, by this oh, yes. turn of events. You,
0: you are very happy, thank you.
1: Yeah, and now this means that now this podcast has two hosts that have been nominated for the Hugo Award. It at does. some, point. that's true, right? Yeah, Yeah. you've got my vote, as you know, probably.
0: Of course, I'm going to be at WorldCon. I don't know what we're doing yet. We haven't made plans, but if we do, like, do said to do a meetup or something. I'll let people know. We might do a a podcast meetup, because I I think a lot of listeners are going to be there. So next is the... I wrote some reviews. I wrote some reviews of The Vagrant by Peter Newman. And I wrote a review of my love story, whose author's name I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to try, because I'll mangle it. Claire and I are still writing our Xena recaps. We're kind of on a break, because we're trying to build up a backlog, but we still... we, We published like three or four since the last time. And... I recently published a column in Strange Horizons called Written by the Victors, where I talk about the Hugo disaster and also recent award happenings, which I think is really good. Yeah, I
1: think it's an excellent column.
0: Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't think it's a lot. Then I look back, I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot of writing that I did.
1: You also wrote a review for the book smugglers.
0: I just forgot because I was thinking, what happened in April and May? I didn't even think about the review because that was in June. But yeah I did. I wrote uh, yet another review of Black Wolves. Or and Black Post-Mikers. Wolves. Exactly. Because everybody's like, oh god, not again. Stop, stop. Do not go on another tear about Black Wolves. Okay, I won't, it's fine. PS read Black Wolves. No,
1: because now now you're saving yourself for the sequel. So
0: Oh my god, it's gonna be so long. And how am I gonna survive waiting for this book?
1: You're gonna read the sequel to Quarter Fives. That's true.
0: I guess. You already have a copy, don't you? I have two copies. I don't know. They're not oh communicating. Oh my god. I'm sending oh one to god. I'm sending one to KJ. But whoever sends out review copies is not like keeping track because yes, I have two copies of poison boys, boys.
1: How dare you?
0: Sorry. <laughs> Okay, part of our new format is that I wanted to put Anna on the spot more, because I think it's super funny to watch her squirm, because I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> so I was like, what could we do that would be hilarious? And I thought, well, she doesn't know much about my side of fandom, so I thought it would be really, really funny to like do a quiz where I gave her a finished term, and she had to figure out what it meant... And all she could, all she couldn't Google. There's no Googling allowed. She can ask me three yes or no questions, and she's got to make at least three guesses before she taps out, and I tell her what it is. And oh are you excited God. about this? I know. <laughs> Go easy on me, please. This is the first one. This is the first. This is the first one, but that's what makes it so great. Because I feel like maybe you might know enough. From the romance community, that you would know some of these like ideas, so I'm okay. kind of I'm kind of curious.
1: That's a good point. So maybe I know things from my, t- my 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 time at Lost Forum.
0: Maybe see. Maybe I was a sheeper. Yeah. So we don't know how it's going to go. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. So yeah. the first term for this week is going to be Omegaverse.
1: Omega-verse. Okay, so um, Omega-verse.
0: Remember, you get to ask three questions. I know. Uh,
1: Is that a play on universe? Yes. Okay. And is that about shipping? Yes. Okay, so Omega usually is at at the bottom, right? It's the last word, the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And you have alpha and Omega and the Alpha is the strong person in a relationship and the Omega it's not weak that's not the word but it's not the most outspoken member of a pairing I would guess that's it's something to do with that <laughs>
0: That was the most excellent logic I have ever seen employed to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> you are actually really, I mean, you, like, you've missed the details, obviously, but that's basically what it is. It's basically a universe <laughs> where ship, like, shipping characters is hierarchical. Like, there's right. a hierarchy. Okay. I'm going to go to FanLore now and read lore's definition of the alpha beta omega trope omega verse is just one term and that's the word term i was introduced to this trope with Omegaverse. Uh, okay. okay but mostly i, I see people refer to, to it as abo for alpha beta omega Fanlore says it's a, a king trope where some so, some or all people have defined biological roles based on a hierarchical system with the terms originating from animal behavior research pss research is not actually valid there may be werewolf nodding or other animalistic elements involved, or the characters may be otherwise purely human.
1: I was actually going to say something about werewolves um, because there is the series by Patricia Briggs, super fantasy, and it's alpha and omega series, and it's 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 a romance between the alpha of a pack and the omega of a pack. But it's really interesting because the omega, she's kind of like she's a calming person of the pack so she works kind of like as almost like yeah calming him down basically from his more violent outbursts and things it's a brilliant series actually i really love it it's one of my favorites
0: uh, well in fandom omegas are a little it's a little different because mostly it's i've seen like hat ships hat shipping with this trope but mostly it's a slash this definition on Fanlore. the definition on fanlor of omega Omegas are generally lowest on the hierarchy, although in some fan works, omegas are rare and prized. Male omegas are self-lubricating and have the ability to become pregnant, sometimes referred to as being bred or mated. Lovers may form pair bonds with a special connection with telepathic or empathetic qualities. Paired alphas may be jealous and possessive of their mate, while omega may become submissive. Alphas and omegas may go into heat and need to have sex. This may be the only time omegas are fertile. What? That's, how it, that's how it works in fan. I'm going to guess that maybe mainstream urban fantasy with this trope is a little bit more vanilla.
1: Well, I've, it's more or less the same thing without the man being able to get pregnant.
0: <laughs> the thing about this trope is that apparently it came from supernatural fandom. From supernatural fandom?
1: Yeah, who, I guess. Who is the Omega and, and the Alpha? And...
0: I guess it depends on your preference because whoever is writing it can make...
1: Is it Ding and what's his I face?
0: I don't know because because all the stuff I found is kind of suggesting that it came out of the Supernatural fandom but it came from the RPF ship. Like the people who ship Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki with each other as real people. It, okay. So so like it's shipping those, like it's not shipping the characters from Supernatural, it's shipping the actors from Supernatural. So it's just like <laughs> it blows <gets laughs> my mind.
1: Oh my god, okay. Yeah.
0: The Listen, like <laughs> I read because it's a huge trope now, it's blown up. Like, I remember in 2011 when I first, like, sort of found when I first saw, saw it kind of come into the fandom that I was in Teen Wolf with which had werewolves, so I was, yeah. I was sort of watching it become a thing. Yeah, it was really funny to like, I would be like, okay, I want to read this fic. this fic. it looks good, and then I'd be like, 15,000 words in, and dudes are having anal sex one is nodding they're like and then they're like i might get pregnant i'm like what is happening
1: oh my god
0: (laughs) i was so so confused and now what i'm just like oh this is nodding okay i guess i'll read it it looks fine thank you fandom for just broadening my horizons i should give you some bick with this trope and make you read it i would prefer one without the pregnancy part. Oh, Anna, are you telling me uh, you're not into Impreg? That's sad.
1: No my god.
0: <laughs> That's so sad. This was <laughs> such this was such a great idea.
1: This was a good idea. It's interesting though, because it reminds me so much of paranormal romance.
0: Well, congratulations. I thought it would I would you. Did you I get like a A minus? You got a golden I'm giving out golden space bees for quizzes. <laughs> I thought I would stump you, but I totally failed to do so. You totally got it. And yeah, it didn't even take it... you didn't even use your whole three questions. Oh,
1: I didn't. I didn't. Dun 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 dun, dun, dun. I did it. I did it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha
0: So we've been away from each other for a while. So what have you been up to? Like, what have you been doing?
1: So this is the time where we get serious again. And I tell you, you know, I was in Brazil, as you all know, uh, because my sister got cancer. And I'm very, very, very happy to report that um, she's cured. She's completely cured now. She had her hysterectomy. She removed her uterus and nearby things. And that came out completely clean. No trace of cancer whatsoever. So she's deemed cured of her cancer. She doesn't even need radio or chemo or anything like that. I ended up spending almost 40 days in Brazil. Because um, although the cancer part was relatively easy. What happened was she caught a hospital infection and she ended up, instead of spending only three days in hospital after the surgery, she spent almost a month in hospital with a bacteria that kept coming back and resistant to all sorts of um, antibiotics. And that was scary as shit because you don't know what will happen if that bacteria will respond to the antibiotics or not. She could have died. I know that she could have died of the cancer. And if you had told me that the cancer part of this whole thing would have been the easier part, I would not have believed you. But it it totally uh, was. Um, so it took her a long time to get over this thing. She still has some fluids somewhere inside her abdomen. She's back home now, but she's still in, in observation for that bacteria thing. I had to come back. I couldn't stay longer. Unfortunately, I came back. She was still in hospital. I stayed as long as I could. I was in hospital with her every single day. I was actually working from seven to three. Then I would go to the hospital, spend the night and then come back home again. And this is why I did not read or watch television or anything the whole time I was in Brazil because there was no time. Whenever I was at home, I was either working or taking care of my niece. And I don't know if you know this, but babies are like so much work. They require so much of your attention. But, you know, now everything is fine. Uh, I'm back. She's fine. She's recovering. She doesn't have cancer anymore. So I'm very happy about that and I'm back home. So I came back home in the beginning of May and then I had to catch up with all of my work and everything. And then last week I had holidays because I needed a break and I went to Iceland. Uh, As you probably remember, last year I was in Iceland for the literary festival and I really loved um, the place. So now I went back with my partner and we went hiking in the mountains and I saw like ice caps, and I went down a volcano. I went down a lava
0: chamber. What? Uh, No. What are you... I know. Oh my god, Anna. What if it had erupted? No, 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 no. It's like an extinct
1: one. I don't
0: care. It could come alive at any time. Volcanoes (laughs) are tricky. I know. But, I went, and it was
1: amazing. We were... You had to go down several flights of steps then you walk down it's a long chamber the only thing inside that survives is the bacteria there are no other living beings in there and then you had to go down 50 steps in the complete darkness uh, just holding a torch in your hand and I just I couldn't do that part because I'm afraid of heights and it was so High And I couldn't because I couldn't hold both sides of the stairs because I had to hold the torch. I just I didn't go. So the whole group, uh, my partner stayed with me and we were there. And then and then they asked us all to turn off our torches to experience complete darkness. And that was scary as hell but so fucking cool too i was like glued to the spot i i just did not move and i kept i kept imagining this is the start of a horror story they just talked about bacteria that live here and then now we are in complete darkness i'm gonna they're gonna turn on the lights and i'll see a monster in front of me obviously but i didn't and i got to name the cave troll a very very creative name
0: oh no Oh no! What did you name this troll, Anna? What did you do? What what did, what have you done?
1: He put me on the spoiler I said, "I don't know. I don't know." What did was? It's trolly.
0: Oh no! It's so, so basically, bad. you gave this troll like the Bodie McBoat boat face of troll names.
1: Exactly, I did.
0: You just oh man! You just should have said Vox Day.
1: I totally missed that. What? <laughs>
0: It's a troll, so it would have worked. Uh, but no one would have gotten the joke. Uh, You would have gotten it, and that would have been okay.
1: Then I would tell you now, and it would be awesome. Oh, man, I'm going to go back.
0: <laughs> Do that again.
1: Anyway, Iceland was awesome. And now I'm back to work. I brought with me a code from Iceland, and I've been coughing nonstop since then. So what about you?
0: I went to Portland, Oregon. Oh yeah, it was fun. I visited my friend Rose. Uh, Zach did some hiking and stuff. I mostly went to bookstores. <laughs> I have no shame in saying I spent hundreds of dollars on books in Portland, which we budgeted for, so it's fine. I loved it there. We there was this Asian market we went to. Oh, they had so many amazing things. Like I had never had like bubble tea. I had never had mochi mochi ice cream. I had never had. Seaweed snacks.
1: Oh, I love seaweed snacks. I hate bubble tea.
0: Oh, well then, this podcast has now come to an end. Goodbye, (laughs) friends. (laughs) No, it's fine. Uh, I've never had it before, but I was just like, this is so fun. It's just different. It was so different. We had so much cool food while we were there. And there were trains that you got to ride and streetcars. And we went to this (laughs) farmer's market that was massive. It was so huge because it was at the university in Portland. We bought honey, like this delicious blueberry honey that's now gone, which is Mm. sad. Uh. Wow. It was so nice. We've decided that we're probably going to move there.
1: And I'm going to go and visit you. Yes, you are. Because I've always wanted to go to Portland. Do, do you watch the TV show? Have you watched the TV show Portlandia?
0: Yeah, that's how you say it. I have not watched it because mostly it does the comedy thing that I can't watch because it makes me too uncomfortable. Alas. It is.
1: I, I tried to watch the first episode and I, I didn't like it very much. But the assumption is that Portland is weird. So is that is that a true thing?
0: I don't know. It seemed pretty normal to me. But then again, I come from you know, bumfuck Arkansas, so I don't really think I can have the authority to assess whether or not Portland is weird or not. I do know that Portland is extremely white everywhere I went. It was like, white, 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 white. Okay, I live in a black neighborhood right now, and when I go out, if I go to, like, the mall or something, and I'm sitting in the bookstore, I'm gonna see, like, black people, and Latino people, and Asian people, like, like all uh, the whole spectrum of Asian, because we have a college here and it has an international school that's like super good. Apparently, because we have a lot of Chinese students and Korean students and Japanese students and Indian students, like it's really diverse here. So going to Portland was a culture shock and not the good way because it's white. That is not a selling point for me. So that's the only downside to Portland. Everything else was wonderful. So we're planning on moving, although we have some medical stuff to address first, and then we'll start the plan although it's going to be expensive. Did you know moving across the country is really expensive?
1: I can imagine. Will you will you take all your stuff with you?
0: Yeah, we're going to move everything.
1: When I moved to the UK I only brought a backpack.
0: You know how many books I have that I'm not leaving behind? I am not leaving my books behind.
1: I left all of my books behind. This is a sad story. Are you prepared for this story? This could be traumatizing.
0: Go ahead. I
1: had a library at home that I had built my entire life. So it had all of my childhood favorites. It had everything. And all of my history books as well from university. And I left it behind because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't even know if I was actually You know, I was moving here, but I didn't know if it was going to work. So I moved here. And two years after that, I called my mom. and said, right, mom, I think I'm ready to bring my books over. And she says, ha, 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 ha. Too late. They have been gone basically a month after you left. I just threw them out.
0: I would never speak to my mother again.
1: (sighs) That was touch and go for a while then.
0: I had books that she had
1: gave she had given me when I was a child, and she wrote things to me, and they were like the first editions of really beloved books, and they are just gone. I have no idea where they are, so those are the ones that i that was really upset about everything else I guess I could it's replaceable. Even though they were my property, but they—I mean, I just left and I left my property in her house, so.
0: But she's your mom. You Have some options, like send somebody for her to put them in storage or something. Don't just throw them out. Oh my god, I'm so upset about this.
1: We have <laughs> to move on. I'm gonna have a
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something offensive about your mother.
1: <laughs> Let's move
0: on. Let's move on then. past few months and weeks a lot of award stuff has continued to happen the hugos obviously happened uh, of course but also the nebulas were awarded the tip tree award was given out the clark shortlist was announced this is a lot of awards we have a lot of so, awards
1: we do actually right and i think um wasn't um nalo hopkinson who was just saying that she's gonna start a new award
0: Right, she started a award called the, the Lemonade Award for positive. Lemonade yeah. Award, I think that's
1: really great. I love the idea.
0: Listen, I'm gonna be mad at all these awards because none of them gave Black Wolves an award. <laughs> so clearly, uh, I'm not. I'm like, fine, fine, whatever. But Black Wolves was not given an award, so whatever. You guys are all fired. <laughs> Even though like two of them wouldn't have any reason to give it, give Black Wolves an award because like one's for like gender and science fiction and fantasy. And now the there's a science fiction award. So the Legend Award, the David Gimmel—that's open for vote, right? Yeah, right you now can nominations vote for it. of
1: women et cetera, Yeah,
0: I think everybody should go vote for Black Wolves. <laughs> I mean, listen—that I had to choose between Black Wolves and the fifth season for that award. I was not a happy camper. I'm like, wait, why can't it's I just rank so them? So
1: difficult. Yeah,
0: because that's the Gimmel Award is the one that you generally the voter pool is people who don't think women write fantasy. It ends up being like too many dicks on the dance floor situation. But the Nebula Award went out. I watched it live. It was so exciting because women just took that award and ran with it. Friend Wild won the Andre Norton Award for Young Adult Science Fiction and Fantasy uh, yeah. for Updraft, which I still don't see as a YA, but okay.
1: But that was such a strong list. It was. I mean, was some of list. my favorite books from last year are them three. Of my top 10 books are there. And then Cuckoo Song was actually a top 10 from the previous year because that came out in the UK first. So that book's amazing, Cuckoo Song, actually. It's a Frances Harding book. So
0: Who I haven't read yet. And so you're like, uh, <sighs> you lived to disappoint me. Sorry. Alyssa Wong won Best Short Story for Hungry Daughters of Starving Mothers.
1: I haven't read that, have you?
0: Not yet, but we're going to because we're going to discuss it on the show. We are, actually. Uh, what was next?
1: Novelad, Our Lady of the Open Road oh. by Sarah Binsker. Have you read that one? I haven't uh, read any of these novelads.
0: No, I'm bad. I'm
1: behind Oh no, we do we did hit Bridge. Oh right we, saw,
0: we read the And
1: You Shall Know Who by the trail of Dead.
0: We were way ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> Right, we were like, "This story seems notable somehow, but we don't yeah. really like it that much."
1: So, and then then he was nominated for all the awards,
0: which is fine. I see why it was nominated, but no, I haven't read Sarah Pinsker's No What, but I will. And then, hooray, Nedyakorfor won for best novella for Binti. Yes, Binti, 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 Binti! I'm so excited, and there's going to be N- sequels. Ah, uh...
1: I know, right? I think it's really indicative of our taste that a lot of things that we loved and talked about have been
0: nominated for awards. I agree. We are now officially tastemakers. I'm just going to call it. Absolutely. And surprising nobody, really. uh, Naomi Novik won in Best Novel for Uprooted. I don't think that was a huge surprise because it was so widely read. So it was way more likely that more people were going to have read it.
1: I wonder what she's going to write next.
0: I don't know. Because mm-hmm. her first series was about, you know, alternate history of dragons. And then Uprooted was completely, totally different. I'm really interested to see uh, where she'll go next. Fifth season did not win. But no. it's on the shortlist forever. I'm so excited.
1: I don't know. I think I still prefer the fifth season to Uprooted.
0: It's hard for me to choose. I think I also like the fifth season to Uprooted. But that's because I just like the type of literature that the fifth season is over... Yeah. Over what amounts to like a fairy tale. Because I love
1: fairy tales. You know I love fairy tales. I know you do,
0: but I'm not crazy about them. I know a lot of the people who have been talking about the Nebula Awards was like, yeah, it was swept by women except for one because of Mad Max Fury Road uh, winning Best Dramatic Presentation because of George Miller, a bunch of dudes wrote the movie. Here's what's missing from a lot of the commentary I've been seeing about how the Nebulas were swept by women except for one. The Nebulas were swept by women completely. Yeah, because that because... movie is all about women. Not even that, because Margaret Sixel edited Mad Max Fury Road. Ah. A woman edited that movie. The final version that we see was edited by her. She formed what we saw. He, George Miller, he has made comments about how he gave it to her specifically so it wouldn't look like every other action movie. So cool. as far as I'm concerned, the Nebula Awards were swept by women. Because he may have written it and he may have directed it, but Margaret Sixel edited it. We shouldn't erase her, because she was she was incredibly important to the success of that film. The Tip Tree Award also came out. There's a huge, huge honor list for this award, which I'm not gonna There going to is. Yeah, it's
1: only two winners. I haven't read any of them. I had heard about Lizard Radio by Patch Max because it's a conduit. Condolec- book and I often get emails from Kandawake and I actually really love their books but this one I didn't read for some reason I don't even know. Um, I'm curious about it. I'm not sure about The New Mother.
0: I haven't read it, either so I don't know.
1: Yeah so The New Mother is the one that was one of the two works that uh, that won the award. It's The New Mother by Eugene Fisher which was published on Asimov's uh, from the long list, from the honor list, uh, the first one there is Sarah's Child by Susan Jane B. Globe, my, my author of the novels I'm publishing, by the way. And that story is really good. I read that Strange Horizons last year. That was right. That was a uh, wow. That's an amazing story. I knew she was going to get some sort of award for that.
0: I've read nothing from the
1: uh, honor list. I read the Matt Fraction, Christian Ward, Odyssey. Do you watch Steven Universe by any chance? I do
0: not. I do not watch Steven Universe.
1: Everybody has been talking about that so much. Should we watch this, Renee?
0: I don't know. I don't have time to watch another cartoon.
1: Another book that is here that I actually have in recently uh, Galactic Suburbia's Alex, I think was talking about it Um, and highly recommended is Radiance by Catherine Valente. That sounds like an amazing book, actually.
0: The other award was The Clark, which shortlist came out. I don't know how to feel about the Clark Award. Why? I felt like I saw more people kicking it around this year. The shortlist was pretty interesting. Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky, Way Down Dark by J.P. Smith, Arcadia by Ian Pears, The Book of Phoenix by Nettie Okorafor, Europe at Midnight by Dave Hutchinson, and The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet is on here, and that made me really happy because that's the kind of fiction that I really like and I find really kind of opens up genre for people who think, oh, well, you know, mainstream stuff isn't for me. But that book sort of proves that no, science fiction that's character-based, where the tension is about the relationships between characters and not so much about, you know, exploding stuff in space can resonate with people and be important. But I've seen so many people kicking around the Clark shortlist because of the inclusion of The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Really? Yeah. Like I've just seen really nasty stuff aimed at this book. And I'm just like, do you guys realize that how sexist and how gatekeeper you sound when you frame your discussions Of, oh, well, the list is good, but you have to ignore this one book because it's an outlier.
1: I think I saw some one person, I think, I don't remember who it was on Twitter talking about how the book is not, it's it's superficial or it's, uh, I I guess it's not brainy enough maybe for the UK.
0: I've seen people talking about it and I know who they are. I'm not going to name them. They're all men and they're published authors. They're You know, professionally published. The fastest way to make sure I never read your book and never promote you and never go to bat for you and your work is to be a sexist dickhole about books (laughs) that aren't maybe even for you. Maybe this book isn't for you. You don't have to like it, but you also don't have to be like, "Well, it's the end of the Clark Ward Award because they've added this book. That's a joke." You know, that's that's reductive, and that's the kind of commentary I've been seeing, and I'm just really over it.
1: Oh, well, I'm glad I, I missed all of this.
0: You were away. And I was just like, okay, that's cool. You can like what you like, but don't belittle others' interests because obviously a ton of people found value in that narrative that they've been missing. Yeah. Like when I when I read a small and Green planet I said it reminded me of Fanfic and I think that comes from the inherent optimism of the narrative, which I feel like is missing sometimes from
1: Definitely. Oh my god, so much. I've been reading a lot of science fiction, and, I, and it's just so down and angry and serious. And, and there's nothing wrong about that. I like those stories as well, but it's it's totally the same. Do you know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. one, it is maybe an outlier, but maybe in the way that it presents science fiction. It's, so that's
0: know. sort of my opinion there. I haven't read any of the other books. So. I read
1: the book of Phoenix, which is excellent.
0: Uh, I have, I should, I think I have that somewhere. I should. I wanted to read uh, Who Fears Death first, right. even though I don't think it matters.
1: No, it doesn't. Well, I don't think it matters. I didn't read Who Fears Death.
0: So yeah, that's awards so far this year. All my award energy went into the Hugo's, and I don't have much love for others. Even though it's sort of putting awards together and seeing the books that win, seeing the books on the short list, and thinking about what they mean when they're next to each other, what the field is thinking about is interesting to me. I just like, I don't have the energy anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> the hugo of taking it all from me.
1: That's true. I've, I've, I feel about, I feel like that too. There's only so many hours in the day, right?
0: Yeah. You can't read everything. No. It's another reason that I like putting all the short lists together and looking at them and going, oh, hey, these are the books that are cropping up multiple times. Maybe I should check them out. Yeah. And that's the way I use awards. And so... The fact that even that seems too tiring now. It's maybe I need a Hugo break.
1: Maybe need a Hugo break. We all need a Hugo break. With, the problem with the Hugo is that no one's going to look at it. It's like, oh, maybe I should read this one. And it's like, yeah, no.
0: Well, that's been a really sort of depressing look at awards. This got really serious.
1: <laughs> I know. We talk about happy hour and fangirling, but sometimes we just veer off that track.
0: Let's go talk. Which about is some- fine. It's fine, but let's go talk about something happy for a little while.
1: Let's. <laughs>
0: And in our absence, we have watched and read a bunch of different stuff and not talked about it. So we thought we would do a quick catch up on the stuff that we have put into our brains. Anna, yeah. what have you
1: consumed.
0: consumed media-wise?
1: So when I was in Brazil, I didn't read or watch television or watch movies much or at all, really. Once... We took my niece to the movies. She's three years old, and she's so well behaved. She's a darling. She just sits there and then she eats her popcorn, and it's adorable. And we went to see Zootrop uh, Zootopia. Have you seen that one? I have not. It is adorable. It's really good, actually. I saw that dubbed, which is my god, so bad. So I need to watch that again in the original English to see, you know, what did I miss? But even in the even in Portuguese, the movie was really good has a really great play on gender and on nature versus nurture and it's hilarious when I came back the first thing that I did was catch up with two shows I watched the second season of Bloodline on Netflix and then I watched the first season of Ray Donovan which is a HBO show have you heard of any of those Renee?
0: you mentioned Bloodlines to me
1: the thing I've been thinking about is why do I watch these shows? They are basically the same. They are all about fucked up families and they are white families. And the main characters in both shows are guys and the story centers in on their lives I truly do love both shows. Again, I keep checking myself for why I don't have an explanation for you. It's the type of story that I usually don't find interesting because it's all about male violence. And I don't know, this is a lot of self indulgent trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life kind of thing because it's hours and hours and hours and hours sitting in front of the television watching something that you don't, you're not even sure but ray donovan i think there's one element that we don't often see is that the three main characters they are brothers and they are in their 40s and the three of them were sexually abused when they were children all three have dealt with this or not in different ways And I find that interesting and intriguing, although it's sad that most of it is about violence. But I really like the acting in those shows. Ray Donovan is played by Liv Schreiber and his father is played by John Voight, who is just such an amazing actor. I can't stop watching him. And the same thing with Bloodlines. Kyle Chandler, you know, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. I, he's just such an amazing actor, and I just really, really love watching him.
0: Maybe that's why. Maybe you just like
1: the. Actors. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why. But I have cause... watched.
0: You know how much shit I have watched for Chris Evans. Listen, a lot of shit. Okay, <laughs> a lot.
1: And other than that, I read a couple of books. I read, I've read. i been rereading the Harry Potter books, and I read both Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix recently. And I hated Goblet of Fire.
0: That's a surprise. I didn't think anybody hated the Harry Potter books.
1: Yeah, I did not like that one very much. The whole thing with Hermione... Have you read those books, Renée?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, my God. For a moment there... I had, like, this fear that you hadn't. And I don't know what would I have done with my life if you had said no to
0: this, to this question. I think we would have to rethink everything. I was in the Harry Potter fandom. I shipped Harry Draco real hard. Okay, so that answers my question.
1: No, the whole thing with Hermione and the house elves is just so racist. It's just really, no, no, J.K. Rowling, why? 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 No, no, just, th- that was me reading that book. But then I read The Order of the Phoenix, and I found that this is my favorite so far. It's amazing. It's an amazing novel, that novel.
0: What? Which one is your favorite Harry Potter novel, Renee? <sighs> the Chamber of Secrets. What? I knew that was going to be your reaction. Why? I just like it the best.
1: To be honest, in, on, in this rereading, I found myself appreciating it in a way that I, that I didn't before. Because, you know, I read the books a long time ago when they first came out. And in my memory, The Chamber of Secrets was my least favorite book, which now we know is Goblets of Fire. But I liked it much more on this rereading. But that's interesting. I don't think I ever heard anyone pick it as their top favorite. Usually, it's the Ascaron.
0: No, I didn't like that book at all. Is it because of the time
1: travel? Yes. Oh no, this is where our differences lay. This is this is like that line.
0: I'm, it might be different now. I'm, I'm coming around to time travel. If I reread the series now, I probably my feelings might be different. Who okay, knows? so we're
1: go- I'm gonna pick another time travel book for us to read for this podcast. Oh no, yes, yes, you walked into that one, and Moving then I- on from
0: time travel, what else? what else? I
1: read Borderline by Michelle Baker, which is um urban fantasy set in l a and it has fairies in them. Um, maybe it kind of remind me of the October day books. So you might like them. And I read The Sudden Appearance of Hope by Clara North. Clara North is a hit or miss author for me. But this book was really interesting because it's about a woman that nobody can remember. So you met her, but you have no recollection of her. Whatsoever, she doesn't know why she's that way, but of course she has to build her life around this fact that no one can remember her. So she can hold a job, she can go to school, she like she can go to a restaurant because the waiter will see her, will get her order, and then will forget that he even had that. It's really so. What do you do with your life if you have that condition? It's a really, really interesting. A little bit too long for my taste could have been a little bit shorter, but it was really great. Uh, And those were the books and TV shows that I watched. And that's not a lot for me.
0: Well, you did read another book that you did not mention.
1: Oh, my God, yes. I keep forgetting it because it was so dull. (laughs) And everybody's like, this this book is amazing. Five stars. Ten out of ten. Thousand space bees? No, we are uh, the only. Never. Messages. No, and uh, is and then I I picked up because you know it's. I about, was
0: excited about it. I yeah, like you, I brought it up. It was me. Yes.
1: you you. I should blame
0: you. You should. It was my fault because I was super. How do you look at that premise and go, man? This is gonna be boring.
1: It's about alien giant robots from outer space. This is what the book's about. It's Sleeping Giants by Sylvain Nouveau. I think that's what, how you say his name. And it was so dull. It was the most boring book. It had like problematic stuff with women. It didn't use well its epistolary narrative. And that bummed me out so much because epistolary narratives are my favorite narrative modes. Yeah, I just really fucking hated that book. I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, well. Oh, well. And this is it for me. How about you?
0: So, TV wise, KJ and I decided to watch uh, Avengers Assemble. It's a cartoon uh, about the Avengers. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Really? Yes. Apparently, there's another one called Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which has more women. Because Avengers Assemble does not have that, like it has Natasha and she's sometimes not even there. It's okay for a cartoon. Surprisingly, I can watch it and not have my embarrassment squick mashed super hard. (laughs) And plus, Tony is the leader of the team. And I really like that. And he and Steve get along. And I really like that. I mean, they argue, but mostly it's it's a good show. They always work out their problems and they always admit when they were wrong. So yeah, I've been watching that. It's cute. I've been playing this game called Avengers Academy, which everybody knows about because I wrecked it last time. And I uh, have no shame. Like, there has been a Civil War event, and I collected Bucky. He was a character available, and I got him. Ginny had a phrase for what this game was. It's like a time maximizer. I think that's the term she used. You just give your characters different assignments in certain time slots, and they go and complete them, and you get experience and coins, and you can collect characters. And it's. Ridiculous. <laughs> but it's so cute. I really think you should play it. Like, of all the games I think that would be a game for you, this one feels like something that you would be okay with. So,
1: how do you get a character? How did you acquire Bucky, for example? What did you, you have had... to do?
0: Oh my God, Anna. It was a month long nightmare disaster of collecting items, using those items to make robots, taking those robots to fight bad guys over and over and over and over again until you finally fought all the bad guy in a streak to get the character to drop the items so you could acquire bucky wow and
1: so is that like a mobile game or yeah
0: but this was a special event and like bucky in this event was like early access you could get him early but he will he'll be available later for regular free to play players Later on in the regular storyline, apparently.
1: Okay, so you had to pay for this.
0: Oh no, you don't have to. I ended up. You did. I did because I ran out of supplies to make robots.
1: So let me get this: this is a game that features the Avengers, including Bucky,
0: Mm -hmm. and it
1: has robots.
0: So this has Renee written all over. Well, this, this event thing. had robots. It's amazing. How do you find out about these things? This was on I found out about this game on Tumblr. It was a big thing. Because it's like basically there all the Avengers are at an academy, like a high school. Oh
1: man. And th- there's
0: ta- there's a thing called time fog. Is that time travel? Maybe. We don't know. It's a store it's part of the story. You might need to come play the game.
1: <laughs> My God. Uh, Do I dare? Do yeah, I you dare? should.
0: I think everybody should vote. Should Anna play Avengers Academy. <laughs> Please send us your votes on Twitter. So book-wise, I actually did more reading than I thought the last little while. I read The Obsession by Nora Roberts. I read The Vagrant by Peter Newman. I actually ended up liking that book a whole lot. I also yeah. read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which was old white guy yells about what he thinks writing should be i.e this is the stupidest writing book i've ever put in my eyes the only good ideas out of that book jay smooth has taken and turned into like a really good inspirational youtube video which I, so uh, if you want all the good ideas out of this book just watch jay smooth's video i also read men explain things to me by rebecca solnit which was a collection of essays that she published online and had been reprinted i think i, I read her men explain things to Me" article online so i really wanted to read more of her work and i really actually like some of her work even though it gets kind of into the weeds of like politics and economic stuff that i don't really understand but it was mostly good i read dragon song by anne mccaffrey oh that's interesting which was the first anne mccaffrey i've ever read
1: i have never read her either
0: this book had a lot of abuse in the very beginning but it sort of evened out toward the end and it ended really nicely i'll probably finish the the little series, because it's really short. The books are not that long. I then read Nine Fox Gambit by Yudha which we're going to read for this podcast. Yes. Did you like it? I liked it a whole lot. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to discuss it with you, because I want to know what you think. Because it's weird. Yeah, I know uh, Thea read
1: it, and she loves it.
0: I described it on Twitter, like, Salvador Dali's Persistence of Memory in Space. Whoa. I'm really That excited sounds amazing. It. I'm excited for you to read this book. Please read it soon. Then I read Legend by Marie Lu, which was okay. The writing was a little iffy, but it was one of her first books, so I really like the ideas she's playing with in this series, so I'll probably try her other books. I read Act of God by Jill Smith, which is not for me at all. Why? Well, because it's literary fiction. And I'm really picky with literary fiction. I, okay. Read it because it talked about they're like a, a glowing mushroom, people keep finding them in their houses, and they're like invading the city and it's not really about the mushroom <laughs> at oh all. man it's about the people, and I understand what the book was trying to do, but it really just really wasn't for me, although it was a really nice story of, that cent- that centered women like all the storylines are about women at different generational points in their lives, and it explores like loneliness and guilt and being left behind, and being trapped. Whether you're being trapped by, like, physical location, or in your own body. And so it was an interesting book, I just it just wasn't hmm. for me. Then I also read Civil War Zero. Civil War II, number zero. The new Civil War that they're doing, some summer event that Marvel is doing. I am not happy with the Civil War event, because I read the first, this, this issue, number zero, I was like, this is not my carol. I don't understand what the hell is tr- you people are trying to pull. I don't see her ever taking this position. I'm not convinced. Mm. Because, like, if you've seen Minority Report, you know, like, that there are a lot of stories about punishing people for what they, like, think. Yeah. For- and so apparently the Civil War Two storyline is going to be, like, Carol wants to hold people accountable for what they might do, and to prevent things that they know they're that are gonna happen, like people who are gonna do bad things, they can just go ahead and arrest them, put them away before they even mm. do it. And I'm not sold on this. And Civil War number two, number one came out and did some really. Marvel and me are not getting along recently after the whole...
1: Well, we didn't even discuss the whole thing about Nazi Captain America. We
0: did not discuss it. And I don't really want to discuss it because I'm really still really pissed off about it. And now I'm really pissed off about Civil War number 1 and the fact that there is character death in it that I think is ridiculous and racist. I'm not reading that event or any tie-ins to that event, except if they come in the comics that I'm pulling. Like I think I'm going to have to deal with it because I'm reading Iron Man and... Uh, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, so I'll probably have to deal with it a little bit in those storylines, but hopefully it'll just... Not, not too much. Not too much. So yeah, I'm really... I'm not excited about those. I'm uh, just really angry at Marvel Comics right now. I also watched a lot of movies, which me and Zach have interested movie night, and so I watched Mockingjay Part 2... Ooh, did you like that? I yeah, I did. It actually came out pretty okay. I hated the heteronormative ending, which of course I would. Otherwise it was good. I watched Captain America Civil War twice, which we're gonna talk about with KJ soon. I finally saw Jurassic World. which what did you think of it? Which was the most trash nonsense dinosaur movie like I don't understand how you take such like a hopeful story, reboot it and do it with no soul. Oh my God, I loved that movie so much. I don't know. I'm the only person who did. You have this lady running around a fucking jungle on heels. You have a a woman character brutally. Yeah, that was fucked up.
1: That was the only death that was shown in like detail.
0: And then you have characters who don't even follow like the internal consistency of their characterization. So they're not moving, they're not, the characters aren't moving the narrative. The movie is moving the characters to fulfill the plot points it wants to hit. That's not the way to make a good movie. Whatever, I didn't like it. It made a billion dollars. They don't care about me. I don't want to see any sequels. Oh. Um I watched the good dinosaur, which was basically a western featuring a boy and his dog. But the dog with but but the boy is a dinosaur and the dog is a tiny human. Did you like it? Is uh, it good? I mean it was it's cute. It's not like breaking any barriers. It kinda feels like phoning it in, you know. Look, we okay. can make pretty water. <laughs> Congratulations, Pixar, good job. <laughs> oh my god. I watched the Fast and the Furious. Finally, the first one. It was oh. it was really good. I thought, I really liked it. It was a really fun movie. I watched es Machina, which I didn't like. I'm sick of movies about dudes fighting over the bodily autonomy and freedom of women. Boring. Although Oscar Isaac was really great in that movie. He was really he really was good. yeah. And then I watched Spotlight, which was amazing.
1: It was so good, right? Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I did not
0: expect to love it as much as I did, but I loved it.
1: No, it's a very it's a very slow movie, but really well done. I really liked it too.
0: Yeah, so that
1: was did did, did it win the Oscar? I it don't won, actually,
0: right? I have no clue. I don't follow the Oscars because I don't find them relevant.
1: Ooh, burn! Did you did you feel that Hollywood? I kind of like burn.
0: Well, we've made it to the very end, and it's time for recommendations. Anna, what have you got? I've got
1: the new book by Claire Legrand. It's a middle grade novel called "Some Kind of Happiness." If you remember, it was one of my anticipated books of the year, and it, she really delivers with this one. It's beautiful. It's about a young girl who has depression, but she doesn't know how to name it. She just knows that she's very sad. It's the book is her finding her way to express what it is without fear and the adults helping her it's beautiful it's a lot more than that um because it has her relationships with new family members that she hadn't met before her grandparents and her cousins and has her playing in the woods with the little boy and their family it's it's just it's a beautiful book it's really good what about you what's your recommendation
0: I read a manga that Rose recommended me when I was in Portland. It's the cutest manga that I've read in so long. It's called My Love Story. It's about this guy, Takeo, who has this really attractive best friend, Suna, and all the girls that he likes always like Suna more because he's like conventionally attractive. This has not made Takeo bitter or angry at his friend. He just sort of like goes, "Oh, okay, that's fine." And he's just used to all the girls wanting to date Suna. So one day they're on the bus and there's this girl being harassed by like a creep. And he interrupts the creep and chases him off and saves this girl whose name is Yamato. Yamato is super grateful and she stay- stays around them and he comes to the conclusion that she wants to date Suna even though he like has a crush on her. So he tries his level best to get them together until he finds out that Yamato doesn't want to date Suna. She wants to date him. And it is adorable. Right now, I think there's eight volumes out, and all this happens at the the first volume, so it's not really spoiling it to say, oh, they get together, because the whole manga is about them. That's totally not a source of, like, tension. Them getting together, that's just a given. The tension actually comes from, like, how they navigate their relationship, and it's super, super cute. And Takeo and Suna's friendship is, like, super important to the manga, and it treats it really well, even though, like, They have this thing that sort of could cause drama. It just never does. I just love their friendship so much. It is an adorable manga. If you can read it, you definitely should check it out because it's great. Cool. So Anna, thank you for recording with me today. You are amazing.
1: Ah uh, no, Renee, you are amazing. No,
0: you are actually a goddamn treasure.
1: Remember that. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Fangirl Podcasts and Renee at Renee and me at Booksmugglers.
0: Our music today is by Chuki Music on YouTube and Pierlo. You can find links to their work in our show notes. If you have a spare moment, we would appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review about how awesome we are unless you don't like us, in which case give us a miss. But if you love us, we would appreciate it.
1: The more reviews we get, the more people can find us. And then we can That's take over the world. true. Yep.
0: So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you later.
1: Bye! Bye!